Hello, hello everybody. It's your girl Ali MF Ling and I'm here reporting live from my living room. Um, if you're new to this podcast, uh, don't know who I am, um, I'll talk to you a little bit about that later. But I decided to make this podcast just because I'm a domestic violence survivor and um, it kind of sucks that in today's society, we look at women who are going through these situations as if they're weak or less than because they pretty much couldn't step away. Um, and I'm tired of that shit. It's really fucked up. And honestly, I myself have always felt like if I didn't go through those situations and handled it the way that I did, um, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. So this podcast is for anyone who genuinely feels like they've had enough, as well as to educate those who don't know what it's like to live in that situation. Um, I plan on bringing in some people in the future that will be able to um, kind of tell us a little bit more about their aspects and their stories, um, along with people who may not have been the abused, but were around abusers, um, as well as the mental health aspect of it. Um, I want to discuss a lot about the the portion where you know you have to heal and what that process is like, therapy, and there's just so many different ways of going about this. Um, so this is for all of my young girls or anyone who's out there, men or female, men or female, male or female, <laughs> who are going through a domestic violence situation and um, you feel like you have no escape. Um, or if you've already gone through it and you... Uh, feel like the whole world doesn't believe you and you're being judged. Um, I really want you to take your time, listen to this. I'm not anyone important. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a, um, a educator of any form. But I know what it's like to be in that position. And I'm ready to educate those MFs who don't... Um, who just simply don't understand. So with that being said, let's get right into it. So for me, my story began um, back in 20, was it 2015? No, 2014. Yeah, I just graduated high school. Um, there was a guy that I really liked. I will not share his name, but for this um, purpose, we're going to call him Bob. Now, Bob was that kid who he didn't really like me much in school. Um, I think he always wanted my friends, and it was really hard to kind of... Um, see myself with anyone else 
or with him per se, because it, it was just weird um, the way that we came across. But fast forward to after high school, uh, we had, you know, talked and we decided, you know what, we're going to give it a try. Um, we had tried it in the past before school finished and it just never really worked out because of his I don't know, his weird dislike for me and wanting my friend. It was just weird. So when we finally said, let's do it, I was apprehensive about um, cutting off my hose. Now, <laughs> cutting off your hose means to me that pretty much I was talking to other people and I was not about to cut off the people that I was talking to for someone that I wasn't sure of. Um, I wasn't, you know, necessarily having sex and smashing all these dudes, but I was definitely like doing my own thing and I wasn't about to stop what I had going on for a dude that wasn't showing me anything besides interest. So, you know, I talked to him now around this time, you know, I was still talking to other people and, um, we decided that we were going to make things a little bit more official. Now, again, last time we had decided to keep things more official. Um, he never claimed me. Um, and it really hurt me. So I said, this time around, I'm just simply not going to do that. Um, long story short, there was a time where he kind of, found out that I was still figuring out how I felt. Um, by this time, we're probably like two months into our relationship. Um, and I remember us sitting down in his living room and him being super upset. You know, he cried. And that was like the first time I really got to see him show true emotion towards me. And, um, it was also the first time that he showed me his, uh, behavior. Now, silly me felt like, um, I kind of deserved it because, you know, it's technically considered cheating. I was in a relationship at that point, um, and I would never try to justify that, but uh, it, it felt like, you know, maybe I needed to get slapped to kind of feel like I, I learned something and so that I could benefit from the situation. So I never really reacted besides, you know, feeling really sorry and apologetic and... Um, not not really and I'm so sorry if I'm talking slow it's just I'm really trying to put together how to explain this in a way where it's authentic and um, I'm not really leaving anything out because I want you guys to understand the gravity of the situation so back to it um so he you know he hits me we're sitting down we talk about it and um I just kind of just accepted it. 
Now, it could be because of, you know, things, different things I've seen in the past. And, you know, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. But for me, I genuinely felt like I deserved it. The next couple of months after that, um, it just progressed. Um, it became name calling, having to explain my whereabouts at all hours of the day. Um, genuinely having to change my day-to-day life for him. I wouldn't miss work. I wouldn't miss college. I was in college at the time, um, miss classes to um, kind of be there and show that I was loyal. Um, I had projects that I was doing with other men in school, and God forbid one of them called me. It was as if, you know, I had opened a bag of worms that I would never open again. Guys, I am super duper pissed. I just literally spoke for like 10 minutes straight. (laughs) Gave y'all the full rundown of, or the continuation of the story and did not click play. So let me start from the top. First and foremost, um, where I left you guys off at was that pretty much, you know, life really started changing. Um, my perception of him and of our relationship started changing. I really started to understand that I was just, um, a punching bag for him, either mentally, verbally, uh, and then eventually in certain points physically. Um, there are a lot of smaller stories to my particular story. However, um, I feel like I should save those for different episodes. Um, but yeah, and over time, he became more and more aggressive and the behavior started to change. I started to question myself and whether or not I wanted to live. Um, I remember pretty much telling my grandmother, listen, um, I want to go to the hospital and try to seek help because I had tried calling the hotlines, trying to get some kind of counseling, and um, they kept referring me to people, and it it was just the wait was way too long. I wasn't going to speak to anybody for months, so I, I literally spent a whole 24 hours in an emergency room um, in the psych ward just so that I could get a referral. The lady next to me is screaming for four or five hours straight. It was a whole ordeal, but it felt good because I knew something was was going to change. Like something deep down in my heart told me like, this is what you needed to do. And Bob actually showed up and tried to fight me for being there and got kicked out of the hospital. Like it was like, this is, this is the man, this is the, the, the level of mental illness he had. Because I want to say that he genuinely had a mental illness. No one can deal with trauma from, for, or deal with life the way that he did. You know, there were a lot of lies that were told. It was on social media. There was a lot of um, 
constant messaging, I would go take a shower and receive 400 messages from him. Bing, bing, bing. It was the most annoying. I would have to turn off my phone. Turn off my phone to avoid the the messaging from this guy. Um, he would literally, you know... Um, you know, call me names, fat whore, slut, pig, thought. Um, he started messing with a girl that I had already knew he was messing with and sent me pictures of him with, with the girl and, but still wanting to be with me. And it, it was just a mess. It was a complete mess. And I couldn't anymore. At one point, I really did go up to the roof of my grandmother's building and I almost took my life. I called my father, luckily, and he showed up and, you know, he, he questioned why, why I was there, but I never told him. And I knew he knew he knew that it was something else, but I just couldn't bring myself to tell my dad about this guy who at one point meant nothing. Um... It was hard because what most people you know, want to think is, hey, well, why didn't you walk away? Why didn't you go and, and try to better yourself or get away from this guy if he was going to continue to treat you this way? And the short answer to that is that I wanted to show him that I wasn't the girl that he thought I was because of how we started. I don't think I ever really loved him. I don't think that I ever really wanted a life with him. I think um, it was just more important to me to prove that I wasn't this girl. And that honestly, I wouldn't, you know, I I wasn't going to be that female who did him that way and didn't redeem herself and that's another thing too um that i also want to point out as a female who pretty much would be the quote-unquote cheater in this case um it is the most annoying thing in the world when you're trying to constantly prove yourself that you aren't that type of person that you've bettered yourself that you're not looking to go out and do it again and to constantly be reminded of your mistakes So if I can offer any advice to women or people in general who have been cheated on and are giving that other person a second chance, you really have to be careful with the way that you're coming across because I swear to God, every time he mentioned me doing something with another man, I wanted to punch him in the face. because it it just grinded my gears that you would really think that I'm still, you know, but whatever he, he had issues. So I'm, I'm not even going to try to explain that long story short. It came a day that I got tired. Um, I met up with him at a, a train station 
and you know we we planned down to go down to Stussy. Um, now I don't I don't think I mentioned this, but I'm from New York, so um, we were gonna head down to Soho and you know cop a few things. I had a job, I was making some money, you know I was doing my thing, and um, I had just bought this brand new phone from Boost, and. This is going to be an admission of guilt because I actually had to lie about the situation to not get him killed. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> so, um, I, um, he asked me to call the store just to make sure that they were still open and that they had whatever he wanted in stock. So I called, um, and in the, at the same time I received a message and it actually, I think it was from my dad. Um, but I was so done with him and him questioning me and harassing me and treating me like crap that um I literally um just got annoyed and when he asked me about the text message told him that you know it's none of your business like get on my phone you know like I was done so I don't know if that appeared to him that I was guilty so grabbed my phone and ran down the stairs so I, you know, decided to run behind him because when I saw him take the phone from me, I felt as though like he was taking away the hours that I worked enslaved for that phone. You know, it was it was like one of my first big purchases, like eight hundred dollars just dropped. So I was not about to let him do this to me. Um He's also known for breaking things. So he, you know, he had broken three of my glasses at that time, two of my phones. So he was not about to do this to me again. So I ran downstairs um, and I, you know, approached him, questioned him about my phone, demanding it back. And he pretty much took my shit and threw it against the wall. When I tell you my body, like a, a rush of heat fell all over my body. I snapped. I grabbed him by his hair, had him in a headlock, and I beat that ass. Okay? I felt like a new woman whooping this man's ass. I still think there's a video floating around <laughs> of this whole incident because I definitely saw some lady recording. Um, however, it it felt like this is exactly what I needed to do. Like I needed to get this out and he was not going to get away with this. I didn't, I hit him so much that I didn't allow him the opportunity to hit me back. I was done. Um, someone had to separate us and upon separating us, he ran off. Um, and I just stood there and cried in the middle of a train station on my knees, crying my soul out because I was relieved I was frustrated I was tired I was you know angry I was I was a rush of emotions and it took for a gentleman who just so happened to be in the train station and going to hop on a train for him to sit down next to me and he literally told me you know he asked me hey what's going on and I told him what was going on you know at this point shit anyone listen you know and he he told me, I'm a, I have a daughter, and I know that this may feel like it's the end of the world, but you will get through this. 
And, you know, he said some other things that I can't even remember right now, but it felt good that someone had finally listened and that I wasn't, I wasn't wrong for, for feeling like I didn't deserve this. So the moral to everything that I just told you guys, um, and that I just shared is that, you know, there's a lot of aspects to this. You can say that if you were in my position, you would handle it this way. Or if you were in my position, you would do this or that. But at the end of the day, you don't know unless you've lived it. You won't know unless you're there. And if you're currently there, there's going to be a way out. You just have to find it. You have to find it, stick to it, and don't look back. And this is what the podcast to me is about. There are so many women, men, who are currently dealing with domestic violence. Be it mentally, physically, using your children, whatever it is. Or even if you're a child who's literally sitting at home and who's watching this, you will you, you don't this is not okay. This is not how people coexist. And there are so many different avenues of help out there. And I just want to be one of them that is real, that is honest, that is raw, that is detailed, and that will give you, I guess, a, you know, a, a place to kind of listen and pay attention to what's going on and, and hear the stories that you hear here. So I plan on having some people come by and talk to us about their stories. I also plan on opening up a you know, a special little email just for you guys to talk about your situations and ask questions and um, maybe give your, uh, or, 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 you know, ask for advice, whatever it is um, that you want to do with your email. Uh, I'll try to answer all of them if I can. Um, but honestly, I thank you for listening. I thank you for taking the time out of your day. Um, the only thing I would ask is... If you truly support and truly feel as though that this is something that you can definitely be a part of, share, like, subscribe. Um, definitely follow us on our social media platform at uh, Let Me Educate You. I'm so sorry. I just had like a, the oldie brain fart. My bad. <laughs> at Let Me Educate You. Um and definitely, you know, follow us, subscribe, email us, talk to us, um, and and let's really sit down and talk about this because it's even in like you, you see it with celebrities. People will go through the situations that they're going through and we automatically question how real this situation is. This shit is real. People are really punching people in the face and just dealing with it because of their child is involved or there's a, you know, a marriage in place and there's a public figure in place and, and it's real, it's really a problem that we have to sit down and talk about. So 
I thank you for all your time and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs> I really wish you guys would have heard that last because it was so much better. Bye-bye. <laughs>